0: It's episode 610 of the Locked On Rangers podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about the hottest hitter in baseball, the best doubleheader performance I've ever seen, and of course, it came from Marcus freaking Simeon. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patter, your host and founder of this podcast for all four seasons, a, crippling, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010. It is Wednesday, June 8th. Your Rangers are 26 and 29 sitting at second place in the American League West. Thanks to the free-falling Angels have lost 12 straight games, have fired their manager, Joe Madden already. Uh, Thank you, Angels, for proving that once again... Us laughing at you on the AOS roundtable to start the season was merited. It was merited despite how good their individual players have been. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers and subscribe on YouTube where the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe there and comment anything below, comment. Marcus Simeon is great and I never had any doubt. Comment, that was a very fun doubleheader. I wish they would have won to. Comment, lol angels. Uh, Anything like that is is more than welcome. But before I get into Marcus Simeon's incredible doubleheader performance, today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And locked on Rangers listeners get $50 off purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKED ON at checkout. Now, Marcus freaking Simeon just had an absolutely incredible, incredible doubleheader performance. In case you missed it, um, it was pretty great. Here's what he did. Seven for eight, three home runs, a walk, and two stolen bases. If you wanted to do a slash line on, on this day, uh, here's what it would look like. Batting 875 on base of 889. Slugging. 2,000! 2,000! That's absolutely incredible! All-Star voting opened up today, and, uh, yeah, this is a pretty good time for Marcus Simeon. Uh, just absolutely incredible timing. And it's not just this game, but this game, or these two games, which which were very good. And before this, he was not in the Rangers' top 12 of baseball reference war. Now he's fifth! He is fifth! Before that, for some context, the guy who's in 12th right now, uh, actually a couple of guys who are both at .5 war, Cole Calhoun and Sam Huff. He had less than .5 or less, a smaller .5, 0.5 1, whatever, and Cole Calhoun is point 53 or whatever. Now he's in fifth at 1.2 baseball reference for. He is just behind Brock Burke who's also at 1.2. Jonah Heim and Corey Seager are both at 1.3 in second and third and Martin Perez in first with 2.9. That is a heck of a freaking day. Just absolutely lining baseballs everywhere he was hitting them hitting it hard. All his home runs came to left field. Three home runs in a doubleheader. Absolutely incredible. Seven hits uh, tied the franchise record for most hits in a doubleheader. The three home runs was not the franchise record for most home runs in a doubleheader. I believe that was four, which happened back in the 80s. I can't remember specifically who. Rangers PR tweeted it out. Go look it up. But three home runs is the most that any Rangers had in a doubleheader, I believe, since at least 2002, if not this century. Again mixing up my many many different things that the rangers pr tweeted about how incredible this day was for marcus Simeon. and you know it's not just this day like i said he has been on a freaking tear for the last two weeks let's look at the last seven days if we want some really eye-popping numbers in the last seven days he's got five home runs of his six on the year hitting 355 on base 375 slugging 839 for the last week, that's a 12-14 OPS. That's seven games. Pretty good. 32 plate appearances. You say, okay, well, that's that's not enough for me. That's not enough. You know, it's a hot week. Maybe you will get back and and start slumping again. I don't really believe in Marcus Simeon. Which, if you don't believe in Marcus Simeon, then you're probably not a, a really happy fan of the Rangers. If you don't believe in one of the two huge, ginormous star signings that the Rangers brought in, if you wanted to look for. Ways well, to tear this guy down, then uh you're probably not a very happy person. But let's look at the last fourteen days. That's that's fourteen games, uh sixty-six plate appearances, and in that time he's got well, all six of his home runs, batting three thirty nine on base of three ninety four, slugging six ninety-five. That's an OPS of ten eighty nine. Over the last fourteen days. That's that's pretty good. If you think if if you're seeing that and you're thinking, you know what, that's that's a nice two weeks. But I don't know that he's necessarily fixed. That was a pretty bad month, month and a half to start the season. And you know what? You're right. That is, that is a bad month and a half to start the season. But let's look at the last 28 days. That's 26 games. 116 plate appearances. Six home runs, three doubles, a triple, slash line of 274, 328, 491. That's an 818 OPS. That's solid. That's really solid. That's before he even started hitting all these home runs and before he really started turning around. It was really after that day off, he had one bad game against Boston. And then since then, he's been doing fairly, fairly well, hitting the ball hard, making hard contact, even though he didn't get his home run for another, like what week and a half after that run started. He has been on one for the last 28 days, and especially the last two weeks, just hitting homer after homer after homer. Huge for the Rangers coming up in this one. Uh, he's not the only hot Rangers hitter. Nathaniel Lowe is also red hot in the last 15 games. He's got a slash line of 321, 356, slugging 589 his last seven games, he's also been red hot, hitting it 296, Does not have a walk, but is slugging 630 in his last seven games. He's got three home runs in that span. Does not have a walk, has nine strikeouts. Strikeouts are going a little bit up, but still his season numbers are right around where he's been. The walk rate is down a little bit this season, but he's swinging harder. He's swinging more often. He's got that light tower power when he gets into one. He had a home run in this doubleheader in the second game. Absolutely crushed it. Crushed it. Knew right off the bat to dead center field with that super high wall in Cleveland. That yeah, this is gone. I know I got it. Let me just trot around the bases for my two run shot. And the Rangers have been very home run happy. And I'll get into that a little bit later on in this episode. But Marcus freaking Simeon. Let's look at his overall numbers and see where they are compared to some of the other guys. Yeah, in case you're yelling at me about his batting average. First off, shut up. Second off. Get to the year 2022, where batting average is a nice little fun fact, not an accurate measurement stick by which to judge the entire offensive value of a player. It, it's not 1902 anymore. We have other numbers. We have good numbers. Even if you don't get that far advanced into the numbers, slash lines, on base, slugging, OPS, just bare minimum. Bare minimum. That's all I'm asking. Also look at the homers. Also look at what he's done lately. Also... Get over yourself. He's a really dang good player. But for his overall season right now, his batting average is at 221. On base at 280. Slugging at 355. That's a 635 OPS. That's not great. But after how horrendous the first month and a half of the season is, it shows how quickly you can bring those numbers up when you get red hot. I mean, look at what Cole Calhoun did. I mean, don't look at what he's done lately because he has been in an absolute funk lately. I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, his numbers were horrendous, even worse than Marcus Simeon's for the first month of the season. Then he lit the entire world on fire in the month of May, and those numbers look respectable now, even with a little bit of a slump in these first eight days, or yes, seven days of June. He has not been doing great there, but still, one hot month can really make those numbers look like they're supposed to, and he is getting back to being an absolute stud on the baseball field. Coming up, I'll get into a little bit more of these doubleheader games. Starting pitching, what the heck the Rangers were doing, another not great John Gray start, but first I want to tell y'all about Blue Nile. Blue Nile is a great new company, one of our new sponsors. They are The best place to get all of your high-end jewelry. They've got something for every single budget. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you know, these this is a place for you they've got experts for you on phone or you can talk to them via chat you know whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at blue nile.com make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on rangers listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred dollars or more this podcast is exclusive includes engagement so use code locked on that's code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, thank you all so much for listening. We have an important favor to ask of you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. I know, you're thinking, how can this Locked On Rangers podcast get any better? It's already the best Rangers podcast and, you know, maybe the best podcast ever, but this is this is how you do it. You know, this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 ticket master gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. So... This is not a great game for John Gray. Coming off his best start of the season, the Rangers lost this first half of the doubleheader 3-6. They won the second half 6-3. So, you know, old flip-flop switcheroo. John Gray went five innings, allowed five runs, walked four and struck out three and allowed six hits. This was not a great performance from him. Really did not love what I saw from him. He wasn't super efficient. It's 93, 97 pitches. 61 of them were for strikes. But he still walked four. Don't really know how you do that with throwing that high a percentage of strikes. Not great for him. But Garrett Richards had another solid performance there. Um <clears throat> two two innings, only two hits, did allow a run that was unearned, but that was because of an error. I believe it was the one by Andy Bañez, who was up for the double header, and I think I think he might stick. I think he might stay here for a minute not really sure the rangers pr didn't tweet anything about roster moves because of course they didn't because why would they make my life easier but anyway garrett richard's worked two innings was was pretty solid josh spores came in for his first outing since being called back up worked shutout inning did allow a hit and a walk didn't strike anybody out but it's fine it's fine it was a shutout inning and that's all that really matters the rangers were not able to get back in this one cal Quantra was really solid but uh Highly efficient in this one. But the Rangers were really bad with runners in scoring position. 0 for 6 in this one. They left 6 runners on base. Steel Walker got his first Major League hit. Congratulations to him. It was a home run to right field. It was his first Major League hit that was a home run in Cleveland. You know who else did that? Jerickson Profar. Also a home run to right field. That happened in the very first plate appearance and uh, was... (sighs) <sighs> the most magical moment in a career that should have been filled filled with many more magical moments with the rangers he still had a few and he's doing all right with with San Diego i'm, I'm happy for him but uh anyway that's a whole a whole another a whole another thing but Also had a home run from Marcus Simeon, who had home runs in both of these. That was his fourth of the season. Not a whole lot going offensively. Did have a hit from Ezekiel Duran, who played second base. Did a fairly good job there. Andy Ibanez also got a hit in this one playing third base. Got pinch hit for Mitch Garber late in an attempt to come back in this one. But other than that, not a whole lot going on for the Rangers. The only RBI that didn't come on a homer was Came on a ground out from Cole Calhoun, who had one hit in this one and left three on base. But, you know, you got to get him in somehow. This was a decent outing from the pen. But the pitching in the second game was much better. Only allowed three runs in total to this Cleveland Guardians team that has a lot of really good. Well, not, not a whole lot of really good, but at least one of the best hitters in all of baseball in Jose Ramirez, who was 0 in the second game, he has an OPS that I believe before that game was over a 1,000. Now it's at 994. Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. And you know why? It's he went 0 for 4. Eli freaking White had some amazing, amazing defensive catches on the radio today. Chris Woodward said that they believe that Eli White is the best defensive center fielder in the organization. And I, I think he might be wrong. But if he is wrong, it's not by much. I mean, Leoli Tavares is an absolutely incredible defensive center fielder. I think his routes they're about on par with, with what Eli White's doing. I think Eli White's arm is not nearly as strong as Leoli Tavares, and we've seen we've seen Eli make a whole bunch of plays that, you know, I think Leote could make pretty much most of these plays. He's not quite as fast as Eli White, but again, that legit 80 grade speed with some good route running has saved the rangers quite a few runs that's why he is in the top 10 on the rangers team in war actually at uh 8 with 0.8 war even though he's not doing a whole lot offensive he's only got a 549 ops but he's still providing a whole lot of value on the base paths where he has got let's see i believe he is at 12 yes 12 stolen bases and only caught stealing once while providing incredible value defensively in the outfield. But for the rest of this game, let's look a little bit at the second part of this doubleheader. Three hit games from Ezekiel Duran, Nathaniel Lowe, and, well, a four-hit game from Marcus Simeon. Other than that, Jonah Heim had a pair of hits, including a home run, and nobody else got a hit. No Coberson, no Eli White, no Seeger, no Garver, no Adolis Garcia. But, again, all those guys at the top of the lineup did walk. 12 hits and five walks in this one. But again, the Rangers did not do well with runners in scoring position. They left 11 on base. Not, not great, not a great outing, but Taylor Hearn was better than his line on this one. A couple of his runs, two of his three runs in five and two thirds innings were allowed to score by Dennis Santana, who has been the big high leverage situations guy and has been allowing more inherited runners to score, which is not great. Um, but still, solid line for Taylor Hearn, who needed a good performance. Only two walks and five and two-thirds innings. Only four hits. Struck out six. Looked absolutely nails. Was very efficient. hard to get off the rails a little bit later on, once he was facing the lineup a third time through. But still, solid enough. John King comes in in the eighth inning. Gets the hold. Joe Barlow comes in. Gets his 11th save on the season. Solid work from the pen. Big offensive day for those guys. Um, but, again... This team has got some real problems with hitting with runners and scoring position. I'm gonna get into that a little bit more and how homer happy this team has been as of late. But first, I wanna tell y'all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA championship, the NHL hockey conference finals. If you want to bet on the other Rangers who just dropped their second straight game to tie up their series in the NHL, um, you can go ahead and do that. If you want to bet on the Rangers, the baseball Rangers, the good ones that I talk about. You can do that too. You know, they've got Major League Baseball and all the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, let's take a look at how homer-happy this team has been as of late. They have home runs in 11 straight games now, which is the third longest streak in Major League Baseball for any team. And the last five games, They've had home runs, of, they had one home run game, they had four home run game. one homer, two homers, four homers. Twelve home runs in the last five games. That's impressive. That's solid. That's nice to see. But you've also, you can't score all of your runs off home runs. I mean, you can, but it's not necessarily going to lead to a lot of wins. In those last five games where they have twelve home runs, they're two and three. They have not been able to hit well with runners in scoring position. Here's how they've done with runners in scoring position in the last five games. They went 2-for-8, 0-for-6, 1-for-2, 0-for-6, 0-for-6. That's not going to get it done. And most of those home runs have been solo shots. A lot of them have been solo shots. Almost all of Marcus Simeon's home runs this year, I believe, have been solo shots outside of that Grand Slam, which was his first one in Oakland, which was absolutely majestic. Absolutely majestic, as are all home runs they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful and the same in my sight. And you know what? It's not been a great, they've not been in a great way. The three, four hitters in this Rangers lineup as of late or the usual three, four hitters, I should say in Mitch Garver. And of course the redheaded legend Cole Calhoun. Mitch Garver in his last seven games have been in a really, really rough place. Does have a home run, has three walks, seven strikeouts, but a batting average of 120 on base of 214 and slugging 240. That's not great. That's not what you want for your number three hitter. Also, I'm not sure why he didn't play both ends of this doubleheader. He did pinch hit in the back end, but You know, DHing doesn't take that big a toll on your body. Unless this elbow injury is hurting him a little bit more than the Rangers are letting on, and he probably should have been rehabbing for a little bit longer, I don't know why he's taking so many games off when he's only playing DH. Unless that's just to get more guys at bats or more guys in the lineup or get Nathaniel Lowe out of the field more often, I really don't know what the deal is there. I haven't heard anybody ask about it. I haven't heard anybody seen anybody write about it. So, I don't know what the deal is there. He's DHing only, so he should be able to play every single game unless you're giving a guy a half day like Corey Seager. Um and I that which is why they did that, I believe, in the first game. But it's not just this game he's missing games like I don't know, every third game, every fourth game or so. It's not it's not a tiny number, it's not a minuscule number since he's been back off that IL so I don't know what the deal is there I feel like there's there's something that they might not be telling us or I don't know I really don't know but I think you need to get that bat in there a little bit more often but in, in terms of, of what Cole Calhoun has done as of late it has not been super encouraging after that incredibly hot month of May in the last 7 games he has a slash line of 148 258 222 no home runs in his last seven games. And in his last 15 games, he's only got one home run. And, uh, yeah, he's slugging under three seventy five on base under three twenty five. Not super great, but, you know, he did just have that incredibly hot month of May. He'll get going again. It's just a matter of waves and ebbs and flows in terms of hitters. You're always in a cold streak or you're always in a hot streak. One of those two. There's never a middle streak. It's just not how baseball works. When you play every day, you're hot. And you're cold, you're yes and you're no. You're up and you're down. I I don't know what the rest of the song is, but, you know, shout out to Katy Perry. But again, the Rangers need a little bit more from the middle of this lineup. And Corey Seager, his numbers haven't been great in terms of the last 15 games. He has three home runs in that span, but he's batting under 175 and he's slugged under 350 and his on base is is 232. But his, his advanced numbers, his advanced numbers still really like what he's doing. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball about as hard as you'd expect anybody. His expected slugging is in the top 10% of baseball. His expected WOBA is in the top 15% of baseball. You know His expected batting average, top 15% of baseball as well. This is a guy who has been hitting the ball hard. It's just been right at guys. He's been getting super unlucky, which is something that he ran into Earlier in the season, he had a little bit of a hot streak. Then he had a little bit of a cold streak. And, uh, yeah, he's, again, even when he was at home, the last home homestand was not super great for him. The last 30 games, honestly, have not been super great for him. Uh, the last 30 games, he's got a batting average of .203, on base of .282, slugging .424. Now, the slugging is fine, but the on base is way too low for... How high you expect this guy to have his on base? Normally, it's in you'd expect about the 350 to 360 range, and then you can have that slugging be you know in the 500 range. But this has been a rough way for him the last 30 games. I have no doubt that he'll figure it out. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He just needs some time. Needs to figure out whatever little tweak to make the ball go where hitters aren't. But he's still hitting the baseball hard. He's not striking out some crazy amount. He's not not walking. It's just you know needs to be a little bit better on the season. But again, the Rangers will figure that out. The rest of their offense will figure things out as well. Um, but I want to go back to uh, Nathaniel Lowe. I just really really like what he's been able to do as of late, and the adjustments that he's making are really necessary because there are some guys that are going to be fighting for his position at first base in sam Huff in uh, who is already up and doing very well sam huff also a quick note a guy who did not walk does not walk very much at all in the last seven games has four walks and a home run on base of 389 slugging 500 that is what i absolutely love to see he's been walking at a much higher rate as of late that is going to help him stay in the big leagues a much longer time also only has one strikeout in his last 14 at bats that's really encouraging. That's really, really encouraging, and something that I would like to see continue. But again, that's a guy who is young, who has a lot of control on his in terms of his contract and how long he could stay here. But again, Nathaniel Lowe has that as well. Blaine Crim, Dustin Harris, those guys—they're coming for that job. They are gunning for it, and they are not that far away. They have been hitting the crap out of the baseball in Frisco and I wouldn't be surprised if either of them got called up in the next, I don't know, couple weeks or so, maybe month, maybe once they hit the the first half all-star break in the Texas League. Those two guys are going to, one of those two guys, if not both of them, are going to get called up because that Frisco team has got a lot of guys that, in terms of the hitting side, are about ready to be called up. I mean, we saw Zeke Duran get called up, and he might be here to stay as well at third base for quite a while. I talked with Lindsey Crosby about, why he thought that he would be fitting at third base a little bit better than at middle infield. And he said, well, mostly it's you signed two guys that are probably long-term second basemen, two big, long contracts. Uh, again, he was talking about Seeger and Simeon, but he did think that he could play second base pretty well if the Rangers had an opening there, and he looked pretty decent there in his first Major League game in the doubleheader. Looked all right better in his last game at third base not a great start for him defensively had an error in his first chance at third at the major league level but has made a couple plays that have been pretty decent it he just needs more reps he has not had a whole lot of reps at third base i'm a little surprised because normally the transition from shortstop to third base is a much easier one and when you've also played second base usually you wouldn't think that third base transition has been hard, but it's different angles. The balls are hit differently. You got to do a little bit of different things. And that takes a smidge of time, and he's kind of learning on the job at the major league level, but he's doing a decent job of it. And he's doing pretty well offensively in his short sample size to start the season. He's only got four games, 16 plate appearances, but he's got an average and on base of 375 and slugging at 563. You absolutely love to see that. His only extra base hit has been that home run. But again, That's solid. He's also got four strikeouts, which is a 25% strikeout rate right on the money. No walks. like to see that a little bit more, but again, he's a guy who's not going to walk a whole lot. He is going to be aggressive. He's going to attack early, and he is going to swing through and swing and miss at some pitches, but he's also got a crap ton of power. He can get to a lot of different pitches, and I have really liked what I've seen from him so far at the Major League level. Steel Walker has not been as impressive in his short stint. Again, it's only three games, 10 plate appearances, but Not super great. The home run does help with the slugging percentage. The slugging percentage is at 444. He only has one hit, just that home run. and He's also struck out twice to walking once. He'll get better. He's fine. He's like a fourth outfielder type. He's not going to get a whole, whole lot of run, especially while Eli White is on this defensive run. But again, I am very much looking forward to when three of the top four guys in this lineup are hitting well. While Cole Calhoun is struggling, while Mitch Garver is struggling, I would really like to see Jonah Haim get moved up there in the lineup a little bit more. Same with Adoles Garcia. I would like to see him get up there a little more. And Nathaniel Lowe, it's been 14 games when he's been absolutely crushing the baseball. I don't think hitting him seventh is necessarily the best idea, but... Again, that's getting really ticky-tack. Hitting him below Zeke Duran was a big sign of respect to Zeke Duran and what he has done so far. They did that in the second half of the doubleheader. Um, they had Garver hitting third, Adolis cleanup, up, Hyman fifth, Duran hitting sixth above Nathaniel Lowe. That was impressive. That was a big nod of respect. And when they did that, he had a three-hit game. Now, Nathaniel Lowe also had a three-hit game and did have a home run in that one, but still... Big sign of respect to Ezekiel Duran in his, what, fourth, fifth major league game? uh Yeah, fourth major league game to him hitting sixth above a guy who has shown a track record of being an above average hitter at the major league level and is on a hot streak. That's impressive. And I really think that he is going to stick there for quite a while at the big league level. I'm not sure he's coming back down. That's nice. That's encouraging. But it also means Josh Young is going to have some competition at third base next year. Defensively, I I think Young's got the edge over Ezekiel Duran. Offensively, I think his ceiling might be a little bit higher just because I think his on-base is going to be significantly higher. He's not going to bring as much on the base pass. I don't think he's going to be nearly as aggressive offensively as Ezekiel Duran. Maybe eventually... Zeke's going to have a little bit better, because he's got better range. I trust Zeke to play shortstop and second base. So again, he's got more of that quick twitch and uh, softer hands. But Josh Young has the experience of playing a crap ton of third base almost exclusively, if not exclusively, third base at the minor league level and mostly third base in college, except for that one year when they decided to make him a shortstop as if that kind of fooled anybody. (laughs) He was fine there for college, but he is going to be a third baseman for the long term. But Ezekiel Duran, he can fill in at shortstop if needed. I still think he's their fourth choice in terms of who's going to play shortstop defensively on the roster right now, with Seager being number one, Simeon obviously being number two, as we've seen him switch over there when Corey Seager gets a day off or gets a half day off at DH. And I I still think that they might put... uh, trust Charlie Culberson's glove there at shortstop, a little bit over Ezekiel Duran, but I might be starting to switch that in my mind and in my viewing of them, but this is a great doubleheader day. We'd like to see the Rangers start hitting with runners in scoring position more. Still, I'm never going to complain about the amount of dingers, and hopefully we can get a strong, strong matchup. Another great start from Dane Dunning building off that last great start against the Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber, in tonight's game that's going to do it for this edition of locked on rangers for your next listen check out the locked on lb podcast paul francis sullivan please call him sully gives you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present you heard it on yesterday's show i aired that crossover in case you're still listening here Um, that was recorded on thursday of last week so it might be a little bit dated but still some great evergreen stuff on there check it out it's free and available wherever you get your podcast thank you all so much for listening and until next time Don't forget to enjoy baseball.